wounds from a beloved. So that I've seen, and we've all probably seen people talking about love while they're yelling and screaming. Has to be probably one of the most bizarre sights imaginable. But screaming and yelling about love. And in today's world, there are large masses of people who try to talk about the love of Sayyidina Muhammad and begin to introduce violence and anger and all sorts of corrupt characteristics and try to say that that's okay in the way of the love of Sayyidina Muhammad means that in our last days everything is a hypocrisy. But now they're trying to even fool us with love. I think that was in Islam. <laughs> Means that every type of badness has been done and now through the ocean of muhabbat and divinely love shaitan wants to do bad. And the reminder for us is that our iman is directly connected to muhabbat. That how to increase our faith is how to increase our love. By actions of love that are selfless and not selfish. That's why everything they're teaching and doing when we serve, when we come, when we do, when we clean, when we give, everything in that way because it's the hardest. We work hard for what Allah gave to us. When you give, is the equivalence of modern day jihad. They were giving their lives, they had families, they had children, they had responsibilities and they would run out with Prophet twice a day for some battles. So it means that the equivalent today is to give what from Allah has given to our lives. That is a big struggle. All of these actions increase the love and muhabbat. It increases the connection of one's heart to what they believe in. Because belief without an action is cheap, is worthless. It's just by tongue. <coughs> Where Allah clarifies, I'm going to seal your tongue. Because everybody has a good talk, but they don't walk the walk. Think I heard that in song too? <laughs> yeah, these are phrases, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new that Allah hasn't seen, hasn't heard. He's listening all the time, oh wow these guys are pretty clever, not really. They're probably <laughs> clever, more clever thousands of years ago. Means everything is a, is a repeat. So they come into our lives to, to encourage us. The more that we do from these actions of love, the more that we try to show that love for Sayyidina Muhammad what is it that I can do on a daily basis? that shows and magnifies my love for Prophet that should be directly increasing my faith. If at any time I feel I'm going to be clever and begin to stop doing those things, what it actually is telling you is actually your faith is dropping. You're not clever, nobody is cheating Allah nobody is fooling Allah We only fool ourselves. 
thinks I'm going to be clever and the awliya come, shaykhs come into our life and remind us, no we're actually drifting on that love. And every excuse possible comes, I don't have the time, Shaykh I have so many expenses, I don't, I really can't make it to the zikr, can't do this, can't do that. Every can't, 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 can't and before you know the faith is diminishing, the person is drifting and you hear less and less from them until the wind has taken them away like a leaf in a storm. And that's why they come into our life and inspire, no, no, be active. The khidmat that we do in our life is what opens this rahmah, be of service, be active, be proactive in your faith in which every night, Ya Rabbi give me something to do that increases my love for Sayyidina Muhammad to be active in my participation and in my belief and then I should feel my belief is to grow and if I'm growing in my belief I should be very kind and loving. Because everything has for us very simple solution. If after 20 years I can't be kind to people and I have to be aggressive and vociferous and this is not only for ourselves because this is like a doctor school. I don't know who's going to be a doctor out there, Allah has written who's going to be the next shaykh and teacher. But it's still like a residency. When you accompany the shaykhs, they train you on all of these character deficiencies. So one, you identify it within yourself and you identify it in every patient you come across. So with somebody who has 20, 30 years of practices and you deal with them and say, Ajeeb, why is this person so angry? And they've been praying for 20, 25, 30, 35 years. They've been giving, they've been doing everything and they didn't reach even to love and muhabbat, to be kind, to be patient, to be caring. All of the qualities that Allah needs. Allah doesn't need the actions. It's the character Allah wanted so He prescribed praying. Does Allah need your salah? It gives power to the heavens. The throne gets like juiced from every time you go, Allahu Akbar, you make your movements and the throne becomes more stronger and stronger stuff. <laughs> Nothing! Your salah not even seen. Your zakah does it endow the heavens with tremendous amounts of cash. Like the Vatican, the heavens are very wealthy because of our zakah. Nothing! All of these usul <coughs> were meant to bring good character. Allah said, your first pillar is bear witness there is nothing but me. So that not your ego, not yourself, not your life but me, everything is my Divinely Presence. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah and the Sayyidina Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah The second usul was for Shahada and the Salah. I was not to pray thinking I'm famous for praying. I pray, he doesn't pray, I pray, she doesn't pray. No, Allah said, you pray and you should have had good character. Can you imagine meeting people who maybe pray, you look at them, they're like 70 years old praying and they're very angry, mean people. You think Allah needed that 70 years of prayer and you didn't change? must be the, the most stubborn donkey that ever created. 
After two years, if it beat the donkey, you don't think he would have good manners? That every time you get on, he kicks you, every time you put a load on, he throws it. Even all this creation looked like that. So it means these usul, these practices were not meant to be proud of, but were to bring about the perfected character. Allah knows this creation. Says this wildness of your being, if you don't prostrate and put your head to the ground and acknowledge my supremacy, it will never be tamed. And you'll be praying for 70 years and you'll still be an angry, corrupt, cheap, miserly person. For what? What Allah needed your salah? You entered the grave with actions that didn't count. So the Turuks come and teach that you do that prayer to tame your beast and remind yourself, Oh my God Ya Rabbi, please I have to make my prayers, remind me to make my prayers. I have to pray to bring down my bad characteristic. And every time you're in sujood, you begin to talk to Allah that, please take my bad character away. Make me to be a good person, don't let me to be a munafiq. Don't worry about unbelievers, don't worry about saying, this one he's Christian, this one he's Jew. The most dangerous one is the one who says he's Muslim and he's next to you. Biggest danger for Prophet was a munafiq, not an unbeliever. Because unbeliever is not an unbeliever, he believes in what Allah wants him to believe. The real unbeliever, the most dangerous, the one whom next to you says he's with you but trying to work against you. Then the munafiq within the self, Allah's teaching. This your most dangerous enemy, not the enemy outside, the enemy inside. The inside your camp and inside yourself. So then everything about myself has to be identified, Ya Rabbi don't let me to be Don't let me say one thing to people and I do something different. Don't let me call people to goodness and I when no one's looking go to every type of badness and begin to think, oh I'm above common people. I do the bad and I urge them to do good. And you enter now into hypocrisies and the oceans of hypocrisy, which are the worst, the worst of Allah's characters. Unbeliever is not a problem because he believes exactly what Allah wants him to believe. So that hidden hypocrisy within ourselves when they're praying, when they come to the zakah, they're not happy about what they gave, they're distraught about what they didn't give and why their hand trembled when their heart knew what they should have given and they didn't. And Allah will ask them in the grave or will take it from them in this world. There's no fooling Allah We said this when we first came. If Allah wounds, for example, $500 from you, $100 from you, and you think to yourself, I'm going to be clever, I'm not going to do it. I feel in my heart I'm inspired, I'm not going to do it. You drive down the street, the police pull you over and they give you a $175 ticket. Instantly. You go home, your oven breaks. $500 called the mechanic. When Allah wants something, Allah gets something. Now was it your good character that you were willing to do it voluntarily, it will be written for you. That your hands were generous, you came to Allah always like this. And Allah always sends somebody like this away with loss. If you come to Allah like this, 
The most you're going to get is probably somebody who hamburgers. I'm so great with all this of Jalan fasting right now. Means none of these amads were anything to be proud of. And I will come into our life and teach us negate your amad. Do it because Allah ordered it, but in your heart and in your mind, never speak of it as something to be boastful. Haq. Not to be boasting, I'm fasting, but thank God, Ya Rabbi, you gave me the health and the ability to do that fast. And when I fast, to feel the compassion of those that don't have food to eat all the time, don't have drink to eat all the time. When you watch the starving of the Yemeni people and the plight all over the world of difficulty, how horrible is it in a perpetual state of fasting? They cannot break, they cannot eat, nothing. And it softens the heart and makes the insan to be compassionate and passionate. They have a passion for humanity because of the struggling and the strife in which they've witnessed themselves. If you're always full, you would never be compassionate about hungry people. Forget about the spiritual sense and those realities. We're talking just from the level of, of taskiyah and cleaning. It opens a, a passion for people that, that will forbid the people who are hungry. I don't like that feeling. And that a compassion that my duty should be to help people to eat, to be of service to those who are less fortunate and struggle and strive with what Allah gave me. If you can't fast all day long to feel the difficulty, then at least work hard and give to people who are giving to those who are less fortunate. And when you give with your faith as if to prevent a day of difficulty for yourself, it's an insurance. Ya Rabbi, from the days that you gave me, I gave to those who were in need, save my children and myself from harm. Don't let me leave this world and to look back and see that my children ended up hungry. And that I passed hungry people laughing, how are they like that? Maybe their brain doesn't work and I go about my life. And God forbid you find one day your child's brain doesn't work and is out on the street and hungry, God forbid. Everything has a way of coming back for Allah So then they live a life of passion and compassion. The Arabi forgive them, forgive these people who are sick, give me to be of service, give me an ability to help them. And when they go home at night they cry, Ya Rabbi, from that help save my children, save the people whom I love and my grandchildren and from my community. So the zakah was not something to be proud of, but was to perfect my character because all of this is the inheritance of Khulqaradi, the inheritance of Prophet what Allah described of the character. And my, and my hajj, my pilgrimage was to bring all of these characteristics to the front and say, now I'm ready to go to your presence. I, I struggled with my belief, I put your supremacy above everything. I tried my prayers to tame my bad character. I gave up myself to purify myself. Now labbaik, Allahumma labbaik, you're calling and I'm coming. I'm coming as an abdikul ajisul da'ifu miskin, zalim and jahal. I pray that you accept me into your presence. Not that I bought a $20,000 ticket, VIP, golden pass and that I'm like so special, I'm God's gift to creation. It's completely different character. And being so happy with what they did of Hajj, instead of thinking that Allah accepted what I did, 
and I'm coming as nothing into his divine presence. And the Yarab, we grant thee from your life, grant thee from your love. All of those worshipness become acts of love. When the zakah is from love, when the fasting is from love, when the hajj is from love, when the, when the movement is from love, Allah perfects the faith of that servant and makes their love open up the doors of iman and they reach to nur of iman. So pray that Allah dress us, bless us from these lights and grant us that in our days of difficulty and testing, reminder for myself is that don't ask why you're being tested but what's the wisdom of the test. Everything Allah says is, I show you upon the horizon and within yourself. The disease of the self is very difficult to understand. But when you look to the outside of why this world is doing this to you, you'll understand what Allah wounds from you. Sometimes people don't listen to themselves, oh I know I have bad care, ah I know I'm stubborn, ah I know I'm like that. And in the post-COVID yell at you, then you understand what Allah wounds from you. We pray that Allah give us the ability to look in, to understand what is it that Allah wounds from us so that that test stops. So, Rabbika Rabbana Zatamma Yasifu, Salaamun al-Mursaleen, Muhammadin Rahi Rukhi Al-Azim, Bi Hurmati Muhammadin Mustafa, Siri Surah Al-Fatiha.